In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, well, I think I have expressed this frustration that I have before over, over words. Uh, we can call them today maybe uh, messy, messy words that, that are full and rich and, and beautiful, biblical words, inspired words, words for us that, that mean life everlasting, and yet somehow over time they've been filled with baggage words that have gotten confusing to us. Uh, so in the past, I've, I've, I've shared with you my frustration, uh, maybe over a word like love, right? What does that word even mean? Because we say we love all sorts of different things, don't we? We, uh, we love God, to be sure. Uh, we love our fathers on a day like today. We remember that. Uh, we also so- say that we love pizza and bacon, or if you're like me, afternoon naps, right? So what does that word mean? We describe it as this deep, intimate connection with our creator and redeemer, but, but we also use it to describe a purely physical passion or lust. So what does that word love even mean? This is one of those uh, messy words. I, I feel the same way about a word like blessing, right? We, we, we toss around that word. We call all sorts of things blessings. We call ourselves blessed, in all sorts of different kinds of situations. And I wonder, what, is, what does that word mean anymore? What is a blessing? What does it mean or look like to be blessed? Um, uh, because I was kind of curious this week is what I did, and, and this is always dangerous. It's a playground that I don't often play in. But I went onto Twitter, and I did a quick hashtag search of actually this word, of blessed. And I was just curious by doing a quick, quick search, how people were using this word, blessing or blessed, what kind of situations that they found themselves in for which they said, yeah, I'm, I'm blessed. So this is some of what I found on Twitter. This is some of the ways people are using this word. Uh, someone said, seriously, so thankful to have a beautiful and healthy kids, hashtag blessed. Now, I think we would all agree that's a, a good reason to call yourself blessed, right? Having a healthy family, uh, healthy kids, uh, if, if we could say that, we would each say, yes, we're, we're blessed by God. Uh, here's another one, though, another way that someone used this word. It said, job interview tomorrow, and pretty much guaranteed that I got it, smiley face, blessed. Um, again, we might agree with that. Yeah, if you get a job, jobs are blessings from God, or vocations are ways that God provides for us and puts food on the table and roofs over heads. If, if, you, if you get a job, that's a blessing. I, I'm on track so far, but this is where it starts to get a little confusing. I hear someone says, get to work from home tomorrow, blessed. Now, I don't know what you think. Maybe that is a blessing. Maybe it's not. I'm saying I don't know, but it's starting to get a little murkier or messier, isn't it? Like, are you really in favor with God when you get to work from home? Maybe, but it's getting confusing. Uh, now we have a, 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 a tweet like this. Someone said, I spent two years searching for so delicious almond milk ice cream sandwiches, and I just discovered a store that sells them one block from my new apartment, blessed. Okay, now are you really blessed over ice cream sandwiches? Or this one that's next, it just says, chocolate milk, so good and refreshing, blessed. Uh, the word is, is confusing. Uh, it's, it's messy, uh, but, but I'm actually not here today to talk about words of love or blessing. I've, I've talked about it before. I've preached sermons about it before. You can go back and find those. Uh, but because I brought it up, I'll give you just two quick definitions for those words. Love, uh, we could define it as the combination of, 
of passionate feeling and sacrificial action. And where you have those two things, a, a feeling of passion and then the sacrificial action, that's love, right? And, and if you want to see the best example of that, if you want to see love personified, if you want to see passionate feeling but also sacrificial action, you look no further than the cross. That's where we see that we have a God who feels deeply for his people and acted decisively on their behalf. That's love. And if we were to look at the Bible for examples of blessing and, and to see how that word is defined, we would see that blessings are, are, are not always the things that we can hold in our hands or see with our eyes, but the greatest blessings are things unseen, gifts only grasped by faith, things like compassion and forgiveness and, and mercy. And then Jesus turns the word upside down when he says that you are more blessed when you give than when you receive, that there's a greater blessing to be found in giving away the $20 bill than there is in, in picking one up and sticking it in your pocket. Uh, but again, I'm, I'm not here to talk about words like love or blessed. I wanted to actually talk to you today about another word, uh, and that word is praise. I think praise is one of those messy, murky, <laughs> muddled words. Uh, and and here's, here's the problem with praise. When, when it comes to the confusion around this word, and if there is any, if you're wondering today, like, what is praise? How do I do it? What's acceptable? What's not? What's out of bounds? What's in? Uh, if there is any confusion, I think it's, it's, it's only us to blame. By us, I mean the church. I think we have often kind of confused and muddied this word. And, and let me give you just two examples of the confusion surrounding the word praise. Uh, the, the first is what we often say in churches uh, describing our worship. Uh, in church, sometimes we'll say things like this. We'll say, uh, on Friday or on Saturday evenings at 5 p.m., we have a traditional worship service, and on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., we have a praise service, right? And by that, we mean like contemporary with guitars and drums. And it, it kind of sends this implicit message that well, well, is the traditional service a praise service? And if it is, why do we call the contemporary one praise? Aren't they both praise? Aren't we praising God no matter what instruments we use? Or we'll say the, the traditional choir sings at one service, but the praise team sings at another. And I think, well, aren't they both praising God? Isn't the choir praising just as much uh, as the contemporary group? So we, we add confusion to this word all the time. Or, or, or once upon a time, I went to a church where one of the pastors really loved to encourage the congregation with all of the best intentions, but he loved to encourage us to really praise the Lord. Like when we weren't singing loud enough or, or dancing in the aisles, he would say to us, come on, congregation, I want you to really praise. And I would think to myself, I thought I was. <laughs> uh, can't I praise quietly? Is praise something that you can even do silently? And so if there's any confusion around this word praise, I think it's often uh, ourselves to blame. And, and so what I'd like to do today is take a look at the what, the how, the where, and the why of praise. Uh, that's what we're going to take a look at today. Uh, let's start with the what. What is praise, right? What does it mean to praise God anyway? And, and I think if we went through the Bible from start to finish, if we looked at all of the stories of praise and all of the commands and the encouragement to praise, I think what we would find is that there are two aspects to that word praise. But the first is that praise is this deep recognition of the goodness and the graciousness of God. The praise starts by recognizing that God is good and he is gracious. He is everything that I am not, so that he is perfect and holy and righteous where I fall short in sin. Uh, praise begins by recognizing that God has gifts that only he can give and that I desperately need. Uh, praise recognizes the goodness and the graciousness of God, but it doesn't end there. <laughs> it's not merely a, a mental thing you think about, oh yeah, God's good and he's great. Uh, but, but then praise expresses itself 
A praise is the, the very expression of our joy and thankfulness to God for all he's done. That's, that's the definition of praise. It's a, a recognition of who he is and what he's done and an expression of our joy and our thankfulness. So uh, we, we praise all the time, not just in a religious way, but also in a secular, non-religious way, right? Think about every kind of musical performance or concert you've ever been to. Or think about the last one you went to, whether it was like your grandkids' junior high choir concert or uh, maybe it was Lady Gaga. I don't know what kind of music you listened to. Whoever it was, whatever performance that was, think about the last concert you went to. What did everyone do at the end? They clapped, right? Or they shouted, they whooped, they hollered, they stood in the aisle, they waved their hands, right? That would be a secular example of praise as you recognize, wow, that was an awesome performance. Those people are super talented. And then you expressed your joy and your thankfulness saying, thank you for sharing your gifts, right? That is an example of praise. It's a recognition and an expression. And that's what we do for God. Now, that does bring up uh, an important question though, uh, what, what is that, right? We're talking about the what, the how, the where, the why. So actually we'll talk about uh, how. How do we praise? Uh, are there some ways of praising that are more acceptable than others? What exactly does it look like? And again, if, if we were to look at the Bible, all of the examples, all of the commands, I think we would see that how is not nearly as important as who. <laughs> that who we worship, who we praise is God, but how we do it takes many different forms. And and for this, you really need to look no further than the book of Psalms, which we heard from today, right? In the Psalms, as the Psalms encourage us to praise, they talk about all different things. Sometimes the Psalms will tell us to praise God with our shouts of joy. We praise him through our spoken words. But, but other times the Psalms will say that we, we sing our praises to him. Some of the Psalms describe praise as, as playing instruments, guitars and pianos and, and cymbals and, and the clashing of, of drums and trumpets, but other times the Psalms will describe praise as dancing, hands that are raised and clapping. You see, our expression of our joy and, and thankfulness for all that God has done can take many different forms. For, for some of us, we will do it very flamboyantly, very loudly. For others of us, very quietly, maybe even silently. Uh, but how is not as important as who. We worship and praise the triune God. Uh, then the next question then is where. So if, if that's what it looks like and that's how we do it, where can this happen? Does it just have to happen within these four walls or can it take place anytime and anywhere? And to cut to the chase, yes, you can praise God anywhere. I think you knew that. But here's what's really interesting that I found out this week as I studied this word. That if you look at all of the commands to praise God, and in our one psalm today, you probably noticed there was five commands to praise God, five times. The psalm says, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, uh, hallelujah. Uh, five times we're told and commanded to praise the Lord. And if you were to look at all of those commands in the Bible, the vast majority, the overwhelming majority of them are in the plural form. That is, if we were to literally translate our psalm today, it wouldn't just be praise the Lord, but it would be you all praise the Lord. Or if we're in the South, y'all praise him. That's how it would sound. Y'all praise the Lord. See, there's this kind of expectation that God has that we will be around our brothers and sisters in the faith often. And that when we gather together, we will praise him. God just kind of expects that, that that's what families do. They get together in, in buildings like this and in homes, moms and dads and, and kids, little groups of friends, and that together as, as the body of Christ gathers together that they praise him. Again, in many different forms, what matters not so much is how, but that they're going to be do it. And so over and over again, God says, come on, you all, praise me. Um, having said that, though, of, 
it's not the entirety of examples that are in the plural form, that many uh, are in the singular, that God also invites and accepts and welcomes our individual praise. That you can praise him in so many different ways. You can, you can praise him here in church together with your family, but you can also praise him from your bed when the crust is still in your eyes before you've taken a step off of the mattress as you lift up those silent prayers to the Lord at the beginning of your day. That's praise. You can do it at home. You can do it at the end of the day when you're drifting off into dreamland and, and you're lifting up those prayers too. God invites that praise. You can do it in the shower as, as you're giving thanks for every blessing you've received that day or from your car as, as you turn on the radio and listen to some Christian music and, and sing your songs there. Your, your praise can happen anywhere at any time in buildings like this and also out in the world scattered abroad as we go from where we go. All right, that's the what, the how, the where. Now I think we get to most importantly the why. Because here's what's really interesting about God's commands to us to praise him. His commands to praise are all-encompassing. He demands all of our praise, every last drop of it. He doesn't say, well, why don't you save some praise for, for your money and, and some praise for yourself, right, and some for the celebrities in our world today. No, God commands and demands everything we have, all of our, our, our joy and our thankfulness. And, and so I think it's a fair question to ask, why? Why does he deserve it? What has he done uh, to, to, to withhold all of that praise for himself? And, and, and for that, we need to look no further than our psalm for today. If you'd like to flip to it, it's on page four of your bulletin. And, and the first thing that we hear about God and why he deserves our praise is that he is big and he is bold and he is strong and he is mighty and he is high above and over everyone and everything else. And so let me ask you, and you all can raise your hands uh, for this one today. How many of you recognize some problem that's going on in this world that is taking place like on a global scale? Like maybe it's poverty or something with the environment or human trafficking or, or, or hunger or homelessness. Any of you recognize like some big global po- uh, problem in our world today? Any of you? I think all of us should be raising our hands, right? There's plenty of problems to go around. And what the psalm tells us today is that we have a God who is bigger than any of those big problems, all of the issues and, and the things going on in our world today, whether it's human trafficking or, or poverty or hunger, that we have a God who is high above all of them, who is stronger and mightier than any president or any global power or any king that has ever reigned. We have a God in, in verse 4 who, who we hear is exalted over all the nations, his glory above the heavens. Who is like our God, the ones who sits enthroned on high? We have a God with with power and might, who is high above all, who is bigger than big. And yet, as we hear, he's not too big for you. Because <laughs> the second reason why we praise God is, is because he is strong and he is mighty, he is big, but, but he also becomes small for us, his people. He is high above all, but he also, in verse 6, stoops down low to look on the heavens and the earth. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with the princes, with the princes of his people. He settles the childless woman in her home as a happy mother of children. As big as your God is, he's, he's not too big for you. He sees even the smallest cares and concerns and, and worries and people in this world, and he, he raises us up. So, so let me ask you again, and you can raise your hand. How many of you have a problem in your life today that people on the other side of the world have no clue about? 
Any of you have anything going on in your life, right? Maybe things even your own family doesn't know about, uh, things that are so personal that you haven't dared to share them. And, and the good news for us today is that we have a God who, who, who jumps down out of, out of his exalted throne and into our broken world, a God who has come to be among us. Yes, he's king, but he's also a man of the streets. Yes, he's stronger than any president, more glorious than any world power. Uh, but he's also more compassionate and more kind than any grassroots activist. We have a God who is big and strong, high above all, but who also stoops down low to enter even into the smallest of lives and cares and concerns and problems. And that's why we praise him. That's why we give to him our shouts of joy. That's why we, we sing our instruments, uh, sing our songs and play our instruments. That's why we write our prayers, maybe in our journals. We, we put pen to paper and praise him in that way. That's, that's why we dance and, and clap and raise our hands in the air because he's worth it. Wherever that might be, whenever it might be, we praise him. In Jesus' name, amen.